All right, guys, welcome back to Inside the Crease. Um, I just wanted to reach out before we get into our guests here and say thank you guys for all the great feedback and um, all the positive stuff that you guys did for the episode one with Shane from Lack Zombie Dies. Uh, we both love the feedback and everything like that, which kind of motivates me to keep going. So that's why we have this great guest here today. And uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So from the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, I know he's been playing with Cornell. There's a lot of achievements and everything, but you know me. I don't like to do big introductions. So from your Las Vegas Desert Dogs, guys, the number 41, Eric Turner. How you doing, brother? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be here. This is an elite setup. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel very professional. No, I appreciate I, that. I'm probably not a professional at this at all. So hey, I'm I'm, you, hey, I'm still working on it as well. So this yeah. is all new to me, but it's, it's, it's great to have you on for a second episode. It's just... That makes me move like, like, oh, my God, all right, this is possible. Let's we're keep rolling. going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Eric, so, I mean, for people that don't really know who you are, or um, obviously you play in LL now, but you did play with Cornell. How did you get into lacrosse? Like, starting, did you start middle school, high school, or how did you go? I started when I was, like, 10 years old, okay. uh, and I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which is a very, like, hockey-dominated space. Correct. Um, <clears> so <throat> I moved from one area of the city to, the, uh, to another um, and, and in part of that move, my brother met a friend at school who was going to start playing lacrosse. So he brought it home to my parents and said, I w- maybe we try this sport. Um, and the billing for uh, lacrosse in, in Edmonton is it's the perfect summer sport for hockey players. So at the time I was a hockey player, like stereotypical Canadian. And um, nice. I said, sure. I mean, if, if it's going to help me with hockey, like let's get into it. So my brother and I were the first ones to play in our family, and um, as soon as I started playing it, I fell in love with it immediately. It, it was just like a, a culmination of all the things I love to do as an athlete. It was physical. It was fast. There was, like, a huge skill element to it. Um, so I fell in love with it right away and, and then continued to pursue it from there. Awesome. Nice. So is you, how, many, how many siblings do you have? You said you your older brother? Just that- one younger brother. Oh, younger brother, one okay. younger brother, yeah. Nice. Um, and we're, like, three and a half years apart. So for the majority of our minor lacrosse career, we never got to play together. Yeah. Um, but when I got into junior, which in Canada you play with from 16 to 21 years old. Oh, wow. My last, uh, my last couple years, we were in a position where we could overlap. Um, so I ended up dropping down uh, a level uh, because he's a, he's a pretty serious football player um, and was just doing lacrosse as a supplement at that point. Um, so I, so we could actually be on the same team, which was like a really, really cool experience. It's something I'm really happy I did. Uh, cause I mean, there's not too many times that you get to play with your, with your brother on the same team and a competitive space. So that was a really special experience and, and being able to, to share that, um, with him, uh, since he kind of was the one that got me started by oh, suggesting it. So absolutely. Uh, that was really neat. No, I mean, I kind of feel like where you're coming from because I have a little brother and an older brother. My yeah. older brother is more like how you're saying. He was more a football guy. He was quarterback for all the schools, and he yeah. was actually big into that. And I started getting into lacrosse when I was in about sixth grade, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And then my younger brother, which is God, he's four years, four years younger than me. So I, it's kind of the same thing. I never got to play with any of my brothers, but growing with the teens and stuff, I kind of felt like hey, okay, these are my brothers. Like I grew with, up with them playing tournaments and all from middle school. I, it's the same kids. I went to high school, middle school and tournaments and everything like that. And now today is still they're in the men's leagues and stuff like that. So it's cool to still be able to hang out and play with them doing this whole podcast and the fast break clothing apparel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's such a special <clears throat> kind of bond you form with guys. And, and right. we see it a little bit on the Desert Dogs. We have guys that grew up playing minor lacrosse together that were able to come together on our team 
Um, and it's, it's really neat to see those, those bonds that they've formed and, and yeah. how that translates on the floor. Um, so it's, it's really special. I mean, those, those relationships you build through teammates and, and bus trips and, and these tournaments, like you said, those, those things are, are pretty unbreakable and, and you can't replicate it Correct. in other spaces. So Absolutely. I think it just speaks, I, I always talk about this with, with players that I coach is, those things are, are really what separates lacrosse, I think, in a lot of ways. The community aspect, how close of relationships you form. Correct. No matter where you go, like me coming into a new space here, right away being able to connect with the lacrosse community because we all share this common ground. And for my experience, like the lacrosse community is so um, oriented on just bringing people in and, and making people feel welcome. So very true, it's, yeah. been, it's been very cool. Um, and I feel very privileged to be a part of that. Correct. No, okay, so from coming from high school, did you, so you played high school, right? You, you were saying 16 to 21. Yeah, what so is, in so Canada, it's different. Like here you have like, I mean, it's a little bit different in Vegas because it's unsanctioned, um, but you have like a school team in, in the U.S. In Canada, it's all club-based. Okay. So it's based on like your hometown. Gotcha. Um, it's not affiliated with schools. So like playing minor lacrosse, you just play for your hometown club, um, and it happens in the spring and a little bit into the summer. And then when you get out of minor lacrosse, once you hit 16 years old, you get drafted by a junior team. Okay. And now um, is that how you play. got to Cornell, or how did you kind of work no, your way so through like that? No, so, like, the, the tricky part for us, because <clears throat> all we do is we play box. Okay. Uh, everything is really box-oriented. So, especially when I was younger, field lacrosse was being introduced finally, but it was very new. So, a lot of the stuff was, like, again, club-based and we're traveling to events. So you started off playing boxes? Yeah, box, wow. box. And I didn't start playing uh, field until I was in grade, like, 9 or 10. Okay. So it was, like, a pretty late start trying to, like, Correct. get a feel for it. But that's, I mean, my advocation for box lacrosse has always been um, based on my own experience of my foundation was in box. And then I think the conversion from box to field is is relatively easier than I was trying to go from correct. field to box. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to, that's why I was like, you started with box. So that's, yeah. I would say you'd probably have a lot more. I mean, it just depends on the player. Cause obviously the field, you, there's a lot of peelers that you just have to play wall ball or something to kind of get yeah. more of it. The handle in box, like you have to have a handle pretty much the whole time. And you, how was the transition going from box to field? Because then now you're switching to the left hand. I know usually in box, you're like, you're just dominant mm-hmm. hand that whole time. Correct. Yeah. And then going field, you could do left, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I came up through like Canadian high school program. So the way that my recruiting process went is I went to some Academy schools okay. that have lacrosse. So like the Hill Academy is, is pretty, pretty famous now for its impact on college lacrosse because okay. there's so many Canadian players that have come through there. So I was able to go there um, and a couple other programs. Um, but their methodology just is built around, like, we're going to get you capable with your offhand, but we're going to lean into our strengths as box players where you're going to just lean on that strength, those skills of, of your strong hand. So I think the, the bigger adjustment was when I got to college and there was way more of an emphasis placed on we need you to be a two-way dynamic player. And it, it's really dependent on the system that you're in. But uh, the system that I played in, especially initially, was very based on like pretty traditional field across model of we want our midfielders to dodge with both hands. We Correct. want that that kind of style of play. So Now, when you transitioned, did you start off playing transition in box? Or yeah, did you well, I was, I was much more defensive for, okay. for a good portion of it because my stick skills were awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, starting then, in, it's, it's um, different. I... Uh, I put more of an emphasis on on that side of it because I recognize that was more of a weakness in my game. So 
Um, I put a lot of emphasis on on shooting the ball, my stick skills, and then I became more of an offensive player once I got into junior. Okay. Um, now going into college, did you stay midfield attack? Yeah, or I played midfield in an attack. Okay. Um, which I mean, I think looking at how I play now, I think I probably would have been a better defensive midi. But gotcha. I think sometimes as a Canadian, when you get into the field lacrosse game, especially with a lot of the success that Canadians have had and, and the box skill set that we bring, you are immediately kind of labeled as this offensive player. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you have, you have good skills in, in catching the ball in tight and finishing the ball. So sometimes you get placed in that. And, and I think systematically – Offense is a little bit easier for us to grasp because of the like style of lacrosse that we play. We don't we don't talk a lot about like defensive systems. You gotcha. don't get a lot of opportunities to to learn that stuff. So um, I think like the biggest thing that was a gap for me going into the collegiate stuff was just not having enough experience in field lacrosse field, systems. Correct. Like the skill set piece wasn't wasn't a huge battle, but just understanding defensive rotations, slides, offensive systems. Because I had started so late into high school, I just didn't have enough time to, to really develop. And, and some of it is on me for not figuring out that that was something I need to prioritize building into my into my lacrosse IQ. But, I mean, my collegiate experience, I learned a ton. I was on some amazing teams and got to, to really learn that stuff. So, I mean, now all that experience just translates to, to coaching, and, and I'm, I'm really grateful that I had the experiences that I did because I think it adds to my strength as a coach. And... And it really adds to my fuel and how I prepare as a player now, understanding gotcha. that all that stuff is so important. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So when I started off, I played pole, and mm-hmm. this was in mid school or mid mid school, middle school, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. middle school, and I can't remember what it was. But when I transitioned into high school, it was either the coach said there's too many D poles, or he needs more midfielders, or something like yeah. that. And that's when I switched over to midfield, and I did played midfield my whole career until the end of uh, high school, and then I kind. I kind of put it down because my family was more into the motocross and arena yeah. cross racing, dirt bikes and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of my background. And I used to always get in trouble during high school time because I was traveling racing and also the season was going on. Yeah. So the coach is like, listen, you got to pick one or the other. And yeah. I was kind of just in between. But yeah, so I, after high school is when I finished and I kind of just put the stick away. But then my nephew started playing, God, maybe six, seven years later after I put my stick down. And he was playing out here at one of the... I can't remember one of the tournaments, but it was it was because out here it was just basically clubs, middle school, high school, and that was pretty much it. Now yeah. it's like they have all the clubs, like the six year olds and all that stuff. So my nephew joined on in that, and I went out and to watch one of his games and just saw how many more kids there is playing and everything like that. And that's what made me grow fast break. I was like, oh my god, like lacrosse is like growing this much out here in Vegas now. So I started the whole fast break thing and everything like that. But it's it's. Now that we have the Desert Dogs here, mm-hmm. and it's just, oh, my God, it's just Vegas has taken off, and I love it with just how much – because when I started as high schools, we maybe had four different high schools. Now right. we have, like, almost every high school out here is doing it and everything like that. So it's – lacrosse is growing, and I that's why I'm just so appreciative of doing the podcast and everything like that to try to see – get more people visions and eyes of what lacrosse is all about to keep growing it. I mean, that's – I love the sport so much, that, and that's why I kind of go to you guys and do the vlogging. And yeah. I like to give the guys the ins and outs of lacrosse instead of just, hey, watch TV, this is lacrosse. No, totally. like, see what's behind the scenes, see how they actually interact and get down, and it's, it's actually a cool thing. So I'm, I'm very grateful for all, all you guys and all the, um, like, Keith and Candice and everybody over at the Desert Dogs that let me come through to help film and do all that kind of stuff for my projects. Yeah, it's been, like it's been cool. I think, like my experience because we've been doing a lot of community stuff here and and trying to get 
more kids the opportunity to like at least try it. Absolutely. Uh, we go to lots of schools and community Absolutely. centers and things like that. And I mean, we, we quite often get the response of like, what is this? Like, what are we about to do? And, and I think it's been really cool to see from coaching in the community, um, the size of lacrosse, the presence of lacrosse in, in this area it's much stronger than than I would have expected. If you hear Las Vegas, you don't necessarily associate Correct, exactly. it with like a lacrosse place. Exactly. But, I mean, coaching here and seeing the amount of kids and and showing up to fields and seeing goals and, and kids practicing throughout the week on their own has been has been really cool. But um, I think with us being in the community and and being able to go to these schools, I think we'll be able to help that growth it's a, big a little help. bit. Absolutely. Uh, which is which is something that I think we're all really excited about that opportunity to to help promote this even more. Correct. Yeah. So, okay. I, I know I'm jumping back and forth and back That's and forth. So <laughs> Let's go back to, so at Cornell, like, did you, how was Cornell? Like, were you still playing box, like in different leagues and stuff? Or were you just strictly all? Yeah. Out? So for Canadians, it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty grind type schedule. So we go through our whole collegiate season. And then like my first, my freshman year at, at Cornell, I landed back at home. And then within 24 hours, I was on a bus ride to, uh, to a box game. Oh, so basically you're going like right from, from one, you go from field lacrosse right into box lacrosse. So you're nice. playing like year round, which it, it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's absolutely. A lot of fun. Like, absolutely. I mean, it's it's taxing on your body physically because field lacrosse at the Division One level, especially, there's a ton of training and time that goes Correct. into that. Um, but I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. I mean, the opportunity to to play year round and, and play competitively year round, and you come back in the summer and you're with all your your buddies from back home and. Like I said, being able to take road trips and, and go to junior games. Like, junior is an amazing experience because you're practicing multiple times a week and, and you're around, like, all your best friends all the time. And, and lacrosse at that time is a ton of fun. So Well, I know um, you're just such a busy guy because just, just today, like, I know this morning <laughs> you were doing training and now you're on the podcast. And yeah. then as soon as you leave the podcast, now you're going to go coaching. So you're just – I love that, like, you're just keeping yourself busy 24-7, like, with the Yeah, and I think that comes so from, awesome. like – I think <clears> it comes from being a, a student athlete. Uh, in the collegiate level like you get used to those kind of schedules right it's like you train at 6 a.m you have class you go to practice go do your homework reset kind of thing and, gotcha. and somewhere in there you mix in uh, some some degree of of social life and, and hanging out with teammates yeah. and things like that so um, when you don't have that structure it feels a little bit uncomfortable so I've just tried to maintain it and I, I mean I, I think a lot of it just comes from genuinely like loving my my opportunities right now and what I get to do so absolutely um I feel a little bit off if I'm if I'm not doing those things because it's it's really special that I get to to play lacrosse and and be a professional at it and and have the opportunities to coach and and do things like this. Absolutely, it's, it's, uh, I've worked really hard to be in this position, and I mean I think the w the window for it is pretty small, so you want to just maximize that as much as you can. One hundred percent, yeah. I mean, if if you guys don't follow his Instagram, go follow his Instagram. Like every <laughs> post is him just constantly training or working or anything, guys. And uh, for, so when you were playing at Cornell, then you went back to Canada to do your box did you when did you get drafted into the NLL for box I didn't get drafted oh you didn't okay I didn't get drafted so that I mean I think what I learned from my collegiate experience is I came in there and I mean you just referenced like the amount that I train and stuff and I, I came from a, a lacrosse community that I mean it's it's not super big so if you're working generally hard you're gonna excel a little bit and if you're if you're fortunate enough to have athleticism which I was um, you can be a top-end player relatively quickly. Uh, but then being 
um, introduced to the level at Cornell, you start to see like, oh, this is what it really means to like work hard and prepare. Gotcha. Yeah. So through that four years, that was like the biggest growth experience was like, oh, there's another level. So you spent all four years at Cornell. Yeah. All four years. And, and I didn't really start getting opportunities to play until like my third or fourth year. Okay. Um, and even then I was, I was relatively like depth kind of player. So going into the draft, and, and part of this, too, was dropping down from junior A to junior B to play with my brother. I didn't get drafted, um, which was, was pretty eye-opening in terms of, like, me needing to assess how I was approaching this because that was a goal. I wanted to be in the NLL. Oh, I wanted absolutely. to play professionally. It wasn't like I was just there to play college lacrosse. Like Correct. This was, this was a goal of mine. So I had to, like, really take a step back and evaluate, like, okay, if we're going to be serious about this, we, we're going to have to make a push. So, um that was that was a big wake up call, and, and I think through the Cornell experience, and then not being drafted, that's really what's motivated the way that I prepare and the way that I work now. Because um, I was having to try to like earn a spot, correct, rather than than being picked by an organization. Gotcha, absolutely. So, what year was it when you were actually got into the NLL? Uh, so I had like a <laughs> I had a tricky tricky post collegiate. Um, time getting into the NLL. Uh, I made a move to a different province that had senior A lacrosse, which is, uh, uh, if you're an undrafted player, is a a pathway that a lot of guys take because a lot of NLL players will go into these senior A leagues and play in the summer um, in their their local communities. And the quality of lacrosse is really high. Most of the NLL coaches are affiliated with some of the teams. Okay. So it's it's a pathway for you to kind of prove that you can play at that level because you you're matching there, yeah. up with, with NLL players. So okay. I made a move out there um, in 2018, and I tore my ACL in a preseason <sighs> game. So I yeah. was out of lacrosse for like a year um, while I recovered. I had to get surgery, obviously, and, and do my full recovery to be ready to play. So I came back in the summer of 2019, same thing, went out and uh, was able to have a pretty good summer. And then I made the practice roster with Colorado in 2019. Okay. And that was the year that COVID shut the whole world down. So we only got a part of a season. And then again, we were shut down for a while. So between the injury and then the the pandemic, I I had like a three-year gap. Now, were you in... Colorado or did you go back home? Or? I was back home. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. came back home while, while everything was shut down. And that's where I really like put my head down. And you said, I said like, okay, you know what? I'm going to come back when we do get an opportunity to play. Uh, I'm just going to work as hard as I can through this, through this break. There's really nothing else to do because everything yeah. was shut down. I now, was just, did you have to do like full rehab on the ACL or did yeah, you kind of just work yourself back into no, it? No, I did a full rehab and then okay. I, I came back and played before the, the pandemic hit. So my knee was already in a good spot, and then gotcha. I was just in a position where I was like, okay, we're just going to really focus energy on filling the gaps in my game to be an active roster player versus a, a practice roster player. Um, and, and I mean, I, this wasn't always the plan. Obviously, you don't you can't plan for these things, but I was able to come back the following season and make the active roster in Colorado, and we had a, a championship se- uh, season where we, we ended up winning it. So That was awesome. Um, yeah. That, like, it just Congrats was, to that, by the <laughs> way. That, that's, I mean, Thank your you. first team playing with, and then there you yeah, guys get so that championship. That's it was just awesome. cool. Like, I mean, I think for me it was just very um, – very rewarding to to know everything that had gone into everything it that you've done yes correct. just to be able to stand on the floor and and like it was a dream to even be in the nll but even more so to win a championship so for for my first full season to to culminate in that way and be a part of a group that was able to to find a way to to win um was, now was how's really that special. how's that 
going into your first game, like coming out into like a big crowd like that? Is, is, it, is it like nerve wracking or are you just kind of like, hey, I've, I know what I'm supposed to do, be doing? Like, let's yeah, just I mean, go ahead and play the game. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of nerves, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember when my coach told me, like, you're playing. And I, I was already kind of on, on or in tune with the fact that I'd be suiting up because okay. I had done well through training camp yeah. and, and I was in position to play. But I mean, once you hear it for real, it's for real, you know? Yeah. So um, I remember just being pretty excited, but having the butterflies for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, my first shift in the NLL, uh, the guy that I was covering took an outside shot and scored. So it was like, that's not a great start. But um, I think it was just, I, I think with the amount of work that I had put in, it was more exciting than, than nerve wracking because, I mean, your preparation builds your confidence, right? So Correct. I felt pretty confident going into it. And I think that's the benefit of, of the Canadian model is you play your summer circuits against all these guys. So it's not like you're jumping on the floor for the first time and, and seeing somebody you've never seen before or playing at that level. for the. I mean, it's the NLL is definitely a step up from from the senior A circuit. It's faster. The environment's different. But at least you got your but feet you know, wet you know, before yeah, you jumping know you're into playing it. Against, so, gotcha. Um, that helps a lot. But, yeah, definitely nervous. But, I mean, we were able to win um, the first game that I played in and, and the first game that we played in, in Colorado in front of that crowd, which is that the Loud House is definitely a special place to play, was, was incredible. And that whole season – just uh, it's very storybook. So gotcha. Um, so when you went into the NLL, did you start off playing transition, or did you go to defense right away, or how did you? Yeah, start like off so when I that? played in senior A, I was I was a, a defender transition player. Okay, I think those terms are are getting relatively synonymous now. Like you look at the majority of the defenders in our league, they're very skilled, and a lot of them play offense in the summer. Or gotcha. Are capable of, of running the floor, and, and I think just speaks to the the growth of the skill level and and just the evolution of the game. Like there's there's not too many guys. You can't really make a roster at our level if you can't handle the ball and go score now. Gotcha. You know, so um, when they use the term transition, I think it's it's a little bit. Uh, redundant in some ways because I think so many guys are capable of doing it. But yeah, I, I've I've been a, a defensive player for the last four to five years, gotcha. which is I think uh, honestly like again looking at my my career, I've always been more defensive focused. When I played basketball, that was what I was best okay. at, <clears throat> um, uh, and I think just reconnecting with that a lot has helped me be in the position that I am. Uh, just because I, I think I see the floor very well from the defensive side, gotcha. I, I really I'm pretty analytical persons <laughs> i hear you Being yeah see the box the box league is like all new to me yeah. like so that's why i say the transition or defense or offense yeah. like i don't know 100 of all the rules of the box and because i grew up just playing field so right. the box is all new to me i never actually i played in like one or two leagues uh with nick peterson he yeah. uh, runs battleborn lacrosse yeah. and stuff so I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I played a couple tournaments with him and then uh so it was just it was different for sure. Like it's definitely a lot more physical. That's mm-hmm. I mean you definitely have to understand that. But boxes, I feel like boxes, growing a lot more now. And I'll, again, like now we have the desert dogs and the, everybody's growing. So it's cool to see that progressing. And I just like I said, if you guys have not seen a box lacrosse game, go to one in person. TV doesn't really do it. Yeah, it's a different, <laughs> in, it's person, a different experience for sure. for sure when you get to see it in person and and you can hear the guys interact on the floor. You Correct. can see the physicality level. Um, up close and personal, you see somebody yeah. get smashed into the glass or whatever it is. It, yep. It's a totally different experience. And it's and like, like my first time, I think it was the home opener for you guys. And when I, that was my very first time actually mm-hmm. coming down onto a field and filming. And yeah. I'm just like, when you're right there on the field with them, like not on the field, but I was on the other side of glass, you're just like, oh man, these guys are actually pretty yeah. big. Out here. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to, they're going to run through you or do something. So you guys are killing it. But, um, so when you're playing for Mammoth, what, 
I guess, how did the dogs come about? And, and then, uh, let me scratch that. Yeah. Did you play in the game out here, the Mammoth against the Seals at the Orleans? I guess that was probably like the NLL's test to yeah. see if we should. I was, I was a part of the team, but okay. that was the year I was on the practice roster. So that okay. was my first year in the <clears throat> NLL. Um, so I was here. I, I didn't play, and I just remember watching it and us getting smacked. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we had the Vegas flu, I think, a little bit in that game. So yeah. San Diego kind of ran over us. But, I mean, you could tell right away – uh, that Vegas was a good market for lacrosse. Yeah. The crowd there was awesome. Uh, and and just seeing the way that things have progressed for me, being a part of that, um, the season in Colorado, and then getting the call for the expansion draft and, and kind of circling back to here has been has been pretty cool. So so that was the whole – how you got into the dogs. Was it the expansion draft? Is So you got a phone call or – Yeah, so I was – after the after the season was done with Colorado, um, I took a, a quick trip um, with my girlfriend to San Diego. I mean the well, – I'm sorry. When you say done with the season, just, just the season, you didn't you didn't leave the team or anything, right? It was no, just, no, just no. the season so, was over with. Yeah, the season just took, was okay, over, okay. so we had just won. Um, okay. And the, the, the season is pretty travel heavy. Like yeah. you're, you're away a lot. Um, so – we just took some time. We took four days to, to take a trip to San Diego. Nice. And, um, you know the expansion draft is coming. You know they can only protect so many guys. That's going to be my next question. Yeah. How much of the team can they actually protect? I don't know the exact okay. number, but it's not a lot. Okay. And when you have, like, strong veteran presence, like we did on a championship roster, yeah. and you're a first year. Correct. Like, technically it was my rookie year, so – you, you know that you're kind of up for grabs. And, I mean, you know you never know for sure. Uh, but, yeah. you know, there's a possibility that you could be taken. And uh, what ended up happening was the Desert Dogs selected a player and then made a trade to get two of us um, back. So okay. I wasn't initially selected, uh, but expansion teams have gotten pretty smart with they know guys that teams need that they can't protect. So they'll select one so that they can get more in return. Okay. Um, so they, they made a pick and then, uh, I was part of a trade, um, to get moved over here alongside, uh, Sam Firth, who's one of our lefty forwards. Okay. Um, so I got a call from, from our GM in Colorado while I was in San Diego. Um, just saying, Hey, this, this is what's happened. Thank you for, for everything you've done. And we wish you all the best. And now, how did that kind of hit you? And this was it kind of like, eh, I mean, I knew kind of is going to start something might have happened, but at the same yeah. time, you just got done winning a championship, and you're probably just like, oh, this this is going to suck. Yeah, a little bit of mixed emotions, obviously. Yeah. Like you, I mean, leaving a space where you've been in a, a great locker room and and had a ton of success and just winning a championship, um, it's obviously hard to leave spaces like that. And I mean, Colorado will always be really special to me, just oh, because absolutely. they were. They took a chance on me, you know, like Correct. I'm an undrafted guy from a, a pretty small lacrosse market with, with not, a, not a lot of notoriety behind it. So I'll always have a, a really great appreciation for, for that organization for giving me my shot and, and creating an opportunity Absolutely. where I can be an NLL champion. So obviously like a lot of sadness around leaving that locker room, but also for me it was it was exciting because you get to be a part of something new and exciting and special. Um, and, and I knew like growing it. Yeah. yeah, and I knew the guys that, that were involved. I knew I knew Coach Williams was was in charge at the time and and some of the other guys that were involved and um, when you when you know those the quality of people that are your leadership, it's it's always immediately kind of gets you motivated yeah. more. Like, all right, let's grow this. Like, this is a cool opportunity. And I now. think, like for me, on a on an individual level, my role in Colorado was again like a little bit more depth because we had such a strong veteran defense, um, and I got tons of opportunity there. But I think I was I was ready to to make another step. So uh, coming into to a new team, there's open door right like yeah. everybody is is kind of on an even playing field in terms of 
earning your playing time and uh, getting the opportunity to, to showcase what I'm able to do and, and play in a new system that I think suits my game really well has been has been really awesome. And I, I think the quality of, of what we're building here is, is really strong. And uh, our coaches has said it from the beginning that we're building around character people. And you can really feel that when you're in our locker room. So um, going back to it, it was it was obviously sad, but I, I talked to all the coaches from from Vegas the day of, and they all gave me a call, and I just said, you know, I'm I'm really excited to to get this going with you oh, guys. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So. Absolutely, no, that's yeah. that's a great opportunity. So now, I guess coming to Vegas and it's all brand new. Like, how was it all? I guess slow in the beginning, trying to get spots to go practice, or was it all just pretty much? You guys had a different field somewhere. You guys were all practicing, or how did it all work out to build the team where it is now? Because I know you guys started off with, geez, a lot of different players for sure and then it started getting yeah, cut so down your to training camp you bring in x amount of people and every team is a little bit different um as a new team you typically will bring in more guys because you're you're trying to figure out like what does this team Correct. look like right so um the way that nll training camps work for the most part is you have four weekends and they kind of rotate locations so our first one was based in ontario that's because right they have okay. a they have an unbelievable um training facility there that their professional team has built so nice and it's a pretty good hub because a lot of our players are Canadian um, yeah. or from Ontario Correct. to begin with. So it's just an easy place to gather. Um, so, I mean, getting there for the first time and, and getting to be face-to-face, -face, like all of us, as soon as the um, expansion draft had kind of passed and we had made a lot of our free agent signings, we had gone out of our way to like create a group chat. So we were communicating through the off season and, and getting to awesome. a little bit of a relationship built. Um, and guys know each other through either playing against each other or playing with each other in different spaces. So some of that stuff was relatively easy to do, but um, just getting those conversations going so that when we showed up on day one, it wasn't like, Hey, what's your name? Who are Correct. you? Like, yeah. Just, no, absolutely. We're, we're rolling. Cause you don't get a lot of time, like four weeks, four weekends isn't a lot of time to, to build it. So, um, I think just getting on the floor for the first time face-to-face -face was, was really exciting, and guys were flying around. Obviously, it's a lot of energy, a lot yeah. of excitement. So Everybody's uh, trying to get their spot to get yeah, in. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's early stages <clears throat> with an expansion team. Like when I came into training camp in Colorado, we would bring not very many people because they have their core of their team already, gotcha. and they're trying to fill like maybe certain spots, and there's always people that can surprise you. But a lot of it was like – Let's just make sure that we're ready to go for, for week one. Oh, absolutely. For us, it was like a little bit more of an evaluation process of like who's going to make our team. And also, we got to start to introduce our systems and, and figure out like what those look like so that we can be ready to go. So um, it was really cool to be a part of that and see the, see the difference in a training camp what, uh, between a team that already kind of has their, their established kind of culture and how they do things versus one that, there's, a, there's obviously a foundation of what we're trying to do, but yeah. we don't have guys that are experienced in that yet because everybody's coming from different spaces. Yeah, because I remember, I think it was the season ticket holder opening for all the season ticket holders. Yeah. After they left, then you guys did a little scrimmage against Colorado. Colorado, yeah. and I noticed that, like, half of the team was in the stands for the first half, and then you guys swapped and then did it. So how, how was that playing, like, I guess against me? I know it wasn't an actual game. It was more just kind of probably get your guys' feet wet. But playing against your old team again, like how was how was that kind of on the field? Is it? Yeah, everybody I mean, just had knows their own spots. Like, all right, we're just playing the cross. I'm not here. Yeah, to, yeah. And that's. I mean, I think if if you can't like separate yourself yeah. from those previous relationships, then you're gonna have a hard time playing yeah. against anyone. Because across our league, there's no team that we play against that we don't have a connection to in oh, some absolutely. way. You know absolutely. what I mean? So, um, 
obviously you you're a little bit more amped up because of the emotional attachment you have to being a former member of a team but um really at that stage it was about like hey we're we're trying to get ready like this is our last weekend of training camp we have a game not too long from yeah. now so no more bullshit uh, let's yeah. like we're, we're ready <laughs> to buckle down guys and it was let's cool because i think <laughs> we through training camp you're you're like our first couple of scrimmages we struggled a little bit when we were playing in aquasasne which was a really cool experience and you're like trying to find your way a little bit and then to see it like really come together against the defending champs um and we ended up winning that scrimmage it was like okay you know what like there's that's there's like a lot encouraging of potential you know? like there's, there's yeah. something really good here and, and i mean i think the bigger one for me was when we beat them in the regular season. Um, and that was, that was obviously one that was like, I was pretty amped up oh, for absolutely. Coming, like them coming back and, and being able to play against them and, and to have that result. And I thought that was one of our, our stronger games this season as a team, we played just a very like sound overall game. So yeah, I think our messaging this whole year has been like, we're building and, and you have some success and you have some stuff that you need Absolutely. to correct. And, uh, I mean, like going back and it's like, like you said, it's, just, it's the first season, like you, yeah. everybody's new to it. Like, and I've, I know I messaged you a couple of times after games and stuff like that. Just say, Hey, keep your head up. You guys are yeah, clicking. Yeah. Like, I know it's going to click soon. And then like, when you guys are on it, you guys are on it. Like, the oh. ball's moving, the transition, the defense, everything. You guys are killing it. And I just remember that first one. I was like, fuck, yeah, here we go. <laughs> like, it's finally yeah, starting to click. And yeah, yeah, you guys are starting to click. And it's just like you guys are all working together now. I'm like, all right, here comes here comes the dogs, guys. <laughs> like, watch out. Yeah. And, it's, I mean, it's going to be just like any other season. Though. You're going to have your ups and downs, ups and downs. But it's just like how you, how do you build from your losses, you know, just like, all right, what do we got to work on, guys? That's And going to that, like, how hard I, – because I know there's just a select a few of you guys that are actually locals mm -hmm. how hard is it to I guess say practice as a team when you have a game coming up like do you guys do like the shooting around like the day before is the one you guys actually like all right let's practice let's get our yeah so I mean the, the answer to that is it's basically impossible until the yeah. day before the game <clears throat> because everybody is in there's nine of us that live locally but everybody else is living in six different locations that, yeah, okay so we do like midweek meetings over Zoom or whatever okay. it is to to review film or okay. to talk about certain things. That's the that's the midweek kind of piece of it. And and for the local guys, we're getting together to train and, and get on the field and do our skill work. But to collectively get everybody together, the only way to do it throughout the week is is digitally. And then like on a Saturday game day, Friday everybody will fly, fly in, in and okay. we'll practice that night. And that'll be kind of our practice. Um, so I mean that's the challenge of the NLL in a lot of ways is you have things happen in a game on a Saturday and then you have to wait till the following Friday to get back on the floor together. Gotcha. So it's, I mean, the weeks are great when you win and then they're really long when you lose because you're, you're just stewing over the mistakes and, and you don't get a chance to like get back on the field right away and address them. Um, now, I mean, not trying to get anybody in trouble or anything like that. Is, <laughs> do you think this is kind of like a NLL like budget kind of deal or is it is because that not everybody's in the same state if you're on that same team everybody kind of just flies out from everywhere is it kind of like a player decision or coach decision like hey you no, guys I think it's just the nature of the league okay um, and when you look at like the history of other professional leagues they've gone through a similar process um and and the one that I can reference the most because I I've trained with some of these guys is is the Canadian Football League the, okay. the professional football league in, in Canada they were probably the most recent pro league I can think of that's gone through a, a similar transition and they were in a position where guys were working secondary jobs throughout and um, it was kind of play on weekends do your gotcha, other job yeah. throughout the week and then it got to a point where I think the league wanted to take a step forward 
And, and to do that, you have to have guys on site more and you have to like practice more and, and do all those things. So um, they've taken a step forward where all their guys, when it's in season, they're at the facility every day, they're practicing every day. And um, you look at other leagues, it's it's kind of been a similar track, right? Okay. The NBA had, had pretty low paychecks for a long time yeah. and then it's progressed to what it is now. NHL, same thing. So we're just, uh, we're like pretty, like our history isn't super long, right? So... Our, our league is going to get there, I think, at some point. And I know. It it's will, just where sure. we are right now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And it's, I mean, I think the the part, it's challenging in a lot of ways because you want to be around your teammates more. And, Correct. And all that stuff. But I think the thing that makes it really unique and special is guys are doing this on top of having full-time families and other jobs. And you look at, like, the level that we play at on the weekends. Yeah. And then you factor in, like, these guys are – doing whatever other thing throughout the week it's pretty incredible so I'm, I'm really excited for that progression I, I, I'm obviously selfishly I hope it happens during my my tenure in the oh, league absolutely. but whenever yeah. it does happen just to see the elevation and the quality of play based on how skilled guys are right now with a, like really a kind of a part-time involvement it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool to see awesome yeah and so how was it transitioning I know you we probably got a couple we still got a little bit of time, but transitioning from Colorado to Vegas, how was it transitioning to kind of like start living out here? Like, is it, and I know in the beginning you guys were doing a lot of promoting and yeah. going around and doing all that kind of stuff. So how was that? Cause I know, like I said, was it the local guys that live here helped doing all the promoting and everything like that? Yeah. Or so, I mean, for moving me, over? for me last year in Colorado, um, I, I wasn't really sure what my status was going to be, Okay, but I knew in my head at some point, a priority for me was living in a market that I played in Okay, because I wanted to be like really what I do outside of playing is I coach and I do community Absolutely. stuff. And if I'm not doing it in that market, I'd be doing it at home. So the opportunity to like invest fully into the community that I was playing in was, was really important to me. So uh, when the expansion draft happened that first day, when I was starting to get calls from Vegas, one of the first questions they asked is, are you interested in moving into market? And I said, okay. yes, right away. Nice. Um, so I knew that was going to be something I was going to do. And um, I think just, like I said, based on what I do outside of lacrosse, coaching as much as I do and, and trying to promote the game, uh, it was just like a natural fit. So the thing that stood out to me right away, and I think I've said this endless amount of times is like the community in Vegas is so impressive to me and how welcoming everybody had been and has been throughout this whole process to us cool. and the excitement that has been built around our team in a community that's never really had a box across yep. team before has been absolutely like astonishing and and so special so right from the start running that first like we there was a group of us that came in through the summer um, when we had first kind of made an announcement of like the team name and, and trying to get this going and, and having a, a free clinic where we had, I mean, I don't, couldn't even tell you how many kids. There was yeah. hundreds I, yeah, of kids looking on the, the field. photos and stuff. Was it crazy. was unbelievable. <laughs> and then a season ticket holder event where we hadn't even played a game yet. And there was 400 people that took time yeah. of their day in the middle of the summer to come hang out with us and just meet us. Um, and then our opening game where you have 7,000 plus people show up. It's just it's just been awesome. That was and awesome. I think that wasn't. I think they were saying like that was the most views or something like that on ESPN Plus or something. Yeah. Like that for, so I was like, just, wow. Yeah, the excitement around our team yeah. has been has been really special. And and like I said, just the community aspect of how willing people have been to bring us into schools, um, to get us involved and and like see different aspects of the city and and make us feel really a part of this, even though we're coming from from these different spaces, like. 
I mean, I've I've really fallen for for Las Vegas in in that way, and um, it's it's been really cool to be a part of. No, absolutely, and just I'm mean, speaking for myself. I'm sure probably a lot of people in Vegas too. It's just it's I would say more of an honor to have a, an LL team in Vegas now because mm-hmm. to me, I want to say it motivates a lot more kids now to be like, yeah. oh man, we now we have a pro team. Like, let me get out there and try to do some more. So. From me, and I'm sure, like I said, from probably more people, is just thank you guys. And we, we really appreciate you guys coming in. And then now you're uh, you're coaching with Faith Lutheran and yeah. doing that. So that's that's probably a great opportunity for those kids to be like, oh, my God, we got Eric Turner as a coach. Like, Yeah, that's been really <clears> cool. <throat> I mean, I think I, I was I was really kind of like hunting for an opportunity to coach. Okay. Uh, so how did that come about? Like, did what you were like – Friends, do you did you know Max before or? Yeah, I actually did know. Uh, I've known Max for quite a while because once I graduated from school, it was like the first year I had graduated from Cornell. I came to play in the Sin City Box Classic oh, okay. in the yeah. winter. And Max and I were actually teammates. Nice. So we played on the same team. Oh, yeah. And our team was like absurdly stacked for that event. Uh, so I had known him and like we didn't have a ton of interactions from there. But um, once we had moved into market, um, Max had reached out and said, like, hey, which of you guys are, are interested in potentially coaching? And Max is great because he obviously selfishly wants to promote faith. Yeah. But he took it with the lens of, okay, there's this amount of you guys who are potentially interested in coaching. Like, let's make sure that we put you in spots so this is, like, balanced across our community. It's not just everybody at faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was, like, pretty cool to, to hear him say that. Absolutely. Um, but we got to, to communicating, and, and Faith is really close to where I'm living. Um, his vision for, for what he needed in the program aligned with, with what I could bring to it. So um, I, I committed to, to coach there, and it's, it's been an awesome experience and, and meeting those kids and seeing how excited they are about lacrosse and, and being able to share some of my knowledge with them has, has been really awesome. And I think like being able to coach competitively um, for, for – faith and and seeing the the league dynamics here has been has been cool it's and, a new experience for me so i've just been enjoying it and then also i know it's not just faith i, I can't remember i'm sorry what, what was the box team that you were coaching during the u.s box la for from yeah, uh so i uh i direct i co-direct okay um, with uh with a guy named pj martin it's called the pack box all-stars okay and the idea really is built around kind of like the NLL. We try to bring kids from all these different markets together and give them an opportunity to learn like real box. Yeah. Because a gap in, in the U.S. system from from my experience has just been like teaching kids box is a little bit of a gap. Because uh, a lot of times what you get is uh, uh, like a conversion of field lacrosse to the indoor game. So you, kids, you see kids like split dodge and shoot down the alley and they don't actually learn like true box concepts. So what we built is this idea of bringing these kids from the Pacific Northwest and, and a couple of Canadian kids together and forming these, like, all-star teams to go to U.S. Boxla events. So Vegas was our second event that we ever did. It's oh, a nice. new concept. And, and you guys won your we had a lot division, of too. Yeah, it was, it was really pretty That's cool so to awesome. see the kids do that. Um, and then we'll go to nationals again in the summer. So I, I think the, the hope is now being in this community to, to build in uh, more box for, for Vegas kids and, and give them an opportunity to play it because it's such a good development tool. Um, and, that's, and that's why we've had a lot of success with the pack box program is a lot of these field lacrosse kids and, and now programs are understanding the value of integrating box as Correct. part of your training just because of the volume of touches, the Absolutely. skill set that it provides. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. It's been awesome, a lot of fun no. to, to do that. 
Cool. And I know we're getting close on time. I know you got to get to your practice, but before we head out, do you want to kind of let everybody know um, about this weekend's event and how they could like bid on your jerseys and game worn jerseys and everything like that? Just so, and I think the link is on the dogs page. Do you it have is, one yeah. on your page too? I do. Okay. Right now, so yeah, yeah if we yeah, could. I do. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's an important thing to talk about for sure. Yeah. So for those who maybe are unfamiliar, um, our coach had a son named Tucker who uh, tragically passed away. Um, from cancer um so our coach is a hall of famer in the nll he's unbelievable player and um played a lot of his career in buffalo so they started out uh this tucker out cancer night in buffalo so there's a game that's played there every year where they wear specialty jerseys and it's like a a way to to raise money and and um show kind of some support for for Tucker and, and for the Williams family. So yep. now with him here, we're going to be the second Tucker out game. Um, and, and we're really fortunate that we get to do that this weekend yeah. in, in combination with the Rochester Nighthawks. And um, both teams will be wearing these specialty jerseys and, and all of them are up for auction with all the proceeds going to organizations that benefit uh, childhood cancer. Um, so it's, it's really special. It's, I think it speaks to like, lacrosse as this medicine tool this medicine game a lot of the origins of the sport like this is this is definitely more than a game um, for us and uh, it's it's going to be pretty special so again all the jerseys are up you can go on the desert dogs page uh, you can go on my page at eric turner 41 on instagram the links are there um, and and the more money that we can raise for this uh, the better but i think 100%. more importantly like what we would really love to see is just a, a really full arena correct uh, showing people and showing our, our coach and and for our team um that'll that'll mean a lot to to see people out there um showing their support for this because it's 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 pretty impactful absolutely and again i greatly appreciate you guys the las vegas desert dogs you and doing everything for the community all the guys everything it's it's very much appreciated so guys like if you guys want to check out that game that it's the 25th right saturday yeah, 25th, the 25th yeah 7 30 correct 7 30 yeah. at the michelob ultra arena guys um again you can go onto the las vegas desert dogs uh instagram page or eric's instagram page and you can go on to the little link they have and it just has everybody's jerseys that they're going to be game worn and you can bid on them to uh, win them and i think after the game actually if you do win that bid you could go up to the player to get them to sign it yeah we'll, like we'll autograph it and Correct. we'll, okay. we'll <clears throat> just hand them off basically um which is i think really cool and i Absolutely. think uh, I, that's something i've always really valued about the nll is this like direct fan interaction that we get to have a lot of the time and i think Again, in a, in a game like this where it's it's pretty impactful and pretty special to, to be able to, like, do that at the end of the game is, is going to be is going to be really cool. So I think uh, Landon Kells, I think, is the current bid leader. Yeah, His jersey's that. at, like, $500, <laughs> which is that. awesome. And I think, Absolutely. like, the, the cause is, is obviously super, super meaningful. And, and 100%. I, I'm, I would be pumped to, to hand my jersey off to a, to a bidder who, who wants it Absolutely. and sign that for them. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm really happy that we're doing that. Cool. I appreciate that. And, again, Eric, I appreciate you coming on here, man, for this opportunity for help me grow kind of what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to get, obviously, a lot more people on, too. So I greatly appreciate you being the first very – pro player on my <laughs> podcast like it's a little bit nerve-wracking for me because i mean I we kind of know each other but we don't know each other so it's yeah. cool to hear everything that you were talking about because i didn't know any like i said i'm new to the box and hearing you doing everything from canada to hearing everything that it's it's cool for me and that's why i love to have this because the, i'm sure the listeners are gonna be like wow okay i didn't really know that as well so i hope to see you on the field this weekend and uh, i hope you guys take it and let's just have a hopefully finish out the season pretty good man i just again thank you so much for coming on here it's a great opportunity for me and uh 
yeah, guys, like I said, if you guys want to bid on one of his jerseys, go to his link on his Instagram or onto the Desert Dogs. And, um, yeah, I know you have to get to practice here soon. So yeah. I greatly appreciate you, Eric. Thank yeah. you so much, brother. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Cool, guys. So please, if you want to follow this, this is going to be on Spotify. This is going to be on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, comment. Um, so thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And thank you for Eric coming in. And uh, until the next time, guys, I'm sure we could probably have him on for another episode later on after the season or something. I just know he's, he's, he's a busy guy, man. So thank you, Eric. And uh, until the next one, guys, thank you. <laughs>